Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 68, <clears throat> verse 19, and then Psalm 103, verse 2. Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. And then Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I want to do a little teaching. I'm going to get the congregation involved this morning on the subject. Membership has its privileges. <clears throat> and I'm sure when you talk about membership, most when I talk about membership, most of you think about being a member of Calvary Gospel Church. You may be seated. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I will say that I have been a member of Calvary Gospel Church for uh, 22 years. And, and I'm thrilled with Calvary Gospel Church. I always have been. I always will be. <clears throat> not everything that, that happens at Calvary Gospel Church is great and glorious, but this is the way life stacks up, you know. <clears throat> uh, I will say this. I do not believe that you have to be a member of Calvary Gospel Church in order to go to heaven. That may be good news to some of you. Maybe bad news to others. <laughs> Somebody asked me one time. Well, they said, <clears throat> Pastor Grant believes you have to belong to Calvary Gospel Church in order to go to heaven. I said, I never said that, and I don't believe that. I said, I will put a little denim on it. I think you have a better chance. <clears throat> and I'm not talking about Calvary Gospel Church from the standpoint of uh, the pastor, the associate pastor, the various members or uh, ministers we have here, but I'm talking about the members in general of the body of Christ. And whenever I'm talking about membership today, I'm basically talking about being a member of the worldwide body of Christ. I think that is so, so important. I just got, came back from Iowa. Iowa is a considerably smaller district than our district here in Wisconsin. They don't own their campground. They rented the Nazarene Church campground that's right inside of the city of Des Moines. Beautiful campground. Uh, we had, uh, in the day sessions that I taught, about the same number of people I'm teaching to here today. Night services, probably about what we would have in, in a real good full night service here at Calvary Gospel Church. But I will say this. <clears throat> I just enjoyed the fellowship. It was such a delightful experience. It really was. I picked up a lot of news every day. I get the newspaper and look. Coming back from Iowa, I listen to one talk show after the other on the radio, and they're talking about the baseball strike. They talk about benefits. It's a big, big thing to fight for benefits. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this seems to be a concern that everybody has in the marketplace. Uh, well, I'd say mark, job marketplace. 
what kind of benefits do we get? I remember when I was 19 years old, I took a job at R.G. Laterno in Longview, Texas. And I thought I was going to school there. They had an engineering school. I thought I'd be going to school there because I did have a scholarship. But uh, I remember the personnel director setting me down and talking to me about the benefits. You know, he's talking about retirement. I'm 19 years old. And uh, he's talking about something that, that's supposed to happen 46 years from that time. I just kind of gaze at the wall, you know. He says, oh, my. He said, a young man like you, and uh, you go to the school. The, the school was connected, actually, with the, the plant. When I said it was connected, it was uh, the school, Laterno Institute, was a, a specialty uh, engineering-type school. And we did hire a lot of uh, graduates. So if you're working here... I'm sure we can work you in. And uh, he talked to me about benefits. Now, as a young man that was 19 years old, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Now, paid vacations, you know, that <laughs> that was a benefit also. Paid vacations, uh, I uh, particularly uh, like that. Uh, health care. Now, health care has always been a big concern. Now, you, you may not believe this, but uh, when our youngest son was born, the hospital bill, this was back in uh, 1964, 65. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sister Grant's not here, and I, I, I don't remember when our youngest son was born. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> His hospital bill was $120. And at that time, you didn't just go right in the hospital and have your baby and go out. They kept you there for a while. But it was $120, and I thought, man, $120. I, I just thought... I don't know how in the world we're going to be able to swing this thing, you know. I didn't have any insurance at that time. And then the doctor sent me his bill, and his bill was, I want to say, $90. I thought, well, my all my wife did was go in once a month for a checkup. $90. See, health care has always been a big concern. <laughs> My first job out of high school, I took the job not knowing how much that I would be paid. And the reason why is because I had no experience. And my employer said, you work a week and I'll tell you what I'll give you. I said, how much are you going to give me this week? He says, well, it depends on how hard you work. You goof around, you're not going to get much. So I'm working all week long. I had no idea what I was going to get. I will say this. I really put my heart into it. We're building, framing a house, and I had blisters. After two or three days, I couldn't even hold a hammer in my hand. I was trying my best to get a good wage. And I was rewarded with a dollar an hour. 
Now, I really thought that was a lot. A dollar an hour. You know, man, that's $40 a week. But the problem with the job that you, we had no benefits at all on that job. I mean, none whatsoever. No health care, nothing. When I went to work at Laterno, I sat in there and this man started telling me about the benefits. Paid vacation? Retirement didn't mean so much 46 years away. That, that wasn't too appealing. Uh, <clears throat> we also had health care. We paid so much, I think we paid 6 or $8 a month for insurance, you know. The company paid part of it. Man, I thought, well, this is something that had a profit-sharing program. You'd put in 30 or 40 cents a week, and the company would match that. You buy stock in the company, and at the end of the year, you get a check of three or four dollars. Well, big benefits. <laughs> you know, really, you look back, you think, oh, that's, that's hardly anything. I have a brother-in-law that I got a job there. Uh, I was responsible for hiring him. He's still working there. And when we were home in April, he works a night shift. He said, I chose a night shift. He does some special work for them. Uh, he pretty much goes in when he wants to and leaves when he wants to. He said, you know, I've, I've been putting in the retirement. The company matches dollar for dollar, and then, of course, it's invested, and they get quite a bit. And he says, uh, I'd be crazy to quit. Now, I don't know how much money he has in that, but I know that He's been working there probably close to 30 years. He's got a lot of money in it. Plus, he, he belonged to the profit-sharing uh, program. He has reinvested and reinvested, and most likely when he retires, he will be fixed up for life. He might even be a, what we consider maybe a little bit on the wealthy side. But what he did, he just took advantage of everything that he possibly could. His wife worked there for a while, same place. Well, I think she still works there. And the uh, same, th same thing is true of, of her that she took. So he's telling me about all these benefits. Now, <clears throat> when, you, when you look at your, what you get out of it immediately, like your, your, your paycheck, and, and you look at all the deductions that come out, and you look at it, and you say, well, not much left after the government gets his, or his, the government gets its share. It's just not much left. But over a period of time, these things keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. By benefit, we mean anything which is for the good of an individual or a person. Or I say, or a person, or a thing. Also, the word benefit, as we see in the scripture, means something to our advantage, like a profit. In other words, you invest something, or you sacrifice something that pays dividends later on. It's some type of help or gain that that you that you have. Now. There are other benefits that you have in the marketplace 
And it's necessary that I talk like this because this, this definitely does affect us spiritually. When I say affect us spiritually, in other words, there is there's a, a lesson to be learned in it. There are other, other benefits that are extremely important. Some people don't understand this. I, I worked on a job in which I drove 55 miles one way. And uh, that's a long ways. And back then, when I drove the 55 miles, the gasoline was 19.9 cents a gallon. I, re- I remember pulling up behind a, a guy that had a brand new Plymouth that had a big, big tank. And, of course, there, there were hardly any self-service stations then, but the guy put the nozzle in, and he ran the gasoline up to $8, trying to squeeze in everything he could. And the owner of that car turned, he, he acted so disgusted, he says, I can't believe I bought a car that you can put $8 worth of fuel in. My, that is a lot of fuel. But it, <clears throat> 55 miles, I was getting paid, but see, the problem is I was driving a full hour one way, a full hour back the next way, putting miles on the car. If you own an automobile today, the government allows you, what, 28.5 cents per mile? And, and you know, you make a 1,000-mile a trip, and you say, well, it didn't cost me that much, oh. When you consider the wear and tire, tear on the, the car, and you consider all of the... The other things that you put in that car, I will assure you this. If the IRS says 28 and a half cents, it costs you every bit of it because they're not going to give you anything. I mean, that's, there's been studies on that. And they, they have found it does cost you. Now, you may have a cheaper running car, in which you might be on the, the low end of it, but I'm talking about the average. Some would be more and some would be less, but it's going to average that. So there are other benefits, like how far do you live from your job? What about the conditions that you work under? I think this is very important. You know, you can make a lot of money, but work under conditions that are just terrible. Horrible. I've worked on some jobs that I just really hated. Now, I've always tried to make the very best of everything that I have to be involved in in life. In other words, if I'm going to have to go do something, let's just be happy and do it. Because, you know, you fare much better than if you sit out there like some kind of old sore head and you're doing it. I've seen people do that, you know. Oh, i got to do this. i got to do this. You might as well just enjoy it and have fun. And, you know, just like I always say, just back your ears and smile and make out like you have good sense. and Go right on. Just do it. But I have uh, worked on some jobs in which, I mean, today I just, I couldn't wait until the whistle blew. It's time to go home. I could not wait. I just literally hated that job. And it seems like no amount of money in all the world will compensate when you have a job like that. And then, of course, I've worked for employers that nobody could get along with. I remember a job I worked for, and someone asked me, I said, you mean you're getting along with him? I knew he was 
hard to get along with, but I just, just took it to be that way. Took a job one time throwing papers. Now, in, in Wisconsin, you deliver papers. You put them in a tube. Now, in Texas, you just take them. They roll up the papers. Had a little machine to roll up the papers. You just throw them because we don't have the wet winter conditions and such. And Well, it, well, it does rain in Texas. Uh, uh, even more, that is, that is in our part of Texas, more than it does here. We have an average rainfall in our part of Texas of 42 inches. Here it's about 35, 36 inches. So. But uh, roll up those papers. And I took a job rolling up papers. It was a morning job. We, we, we had about four or five different kind of papers not kind of papers, but uh, publications. Uh, Dallas Morning News, the Tyler Telegraph, we had the Houston Chronicle, uh, we had the Shreveport Times, we had several different papers. And, 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 and I was throwing like two or three hundred of these. And you had to remember where you threw each one. And I'm here to tell you, when I was turned loose after about three days of training, this boss called me in, and he says, if you can't beat this, <laughs> I never had anybody talk down to me like that. I'm here to tell you, I had thrown papers in all different directions. Nobody got the right paper. I just, I got so frustrated. <laughs> Seriously, this is a young man's driving down the road. I got so frustrated, I just started throwing papers. I said, I know one goes over here. I don't know what goes over here. They go to get a paper. <laughs> I, you couldn't keep it all straight. And if you had a list and you're going by this list, you know how long it takes you to throw that many papers? And at night, we threw them at night. I mean, it was before daybreak. These, these papers, you, I couldn't see the number. I just, I knew my old football coach and I knew where he lived and I knew what he took, so I, I got that one right. <laughs> and my boss said, you know, you're going to have to go collect. And if you don't get this right, when you collect, some of these people are going to, you think I'm giving you a chew. And I found out nobody could get along with this man. Nobody could. I think the worst thing that ever happened to me happened to me on that job. Now, this, has, this little story has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm telling this morning. But I just want to tell it, okay? You know, every now and then you want to do that. So I'll just be honest with you has nothing to do with it. The scariest I've ever been in my life was when I'd worked at this job like two days. Down by the bus depot, just south of uh, the courthouse, and right next to the police station was this little hole in the wall, and it had a French door on the front. And inside where the, the papers were delivered, we'd go in there, we had a machine, we'd roll these papers up. So I like to get there early because everybody's using the machine. I figured that out, and and the machine only goes so fast. So we had to, we had little stools around, and you'd roll your paper up and you hit it in the machine. But if four or five other people trying to hit it in the machine, you got to wait until till you can get it in there. Well, I decided I'd go down early. So the boss told me, said, "Well, here, everybody knows where the key is." He said, "Now we only have one key, so don't lose it. But at the bottom of the door, there's one of the lights out, the window lights out of this French door." And if you reach up in there on the nail up there, you find this key. So I've been working two or three days. I get down on my knees. I get there early. I reach up in there. I'm 30 minutes early. You know, it's, it's like 
3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm reaching up, and I found this key. And it was, it was real cold weather, and my hands were freezing. Would you believe? It was like I couldn't feel. I dropped that key. And, and I knew that this horrible grouch <laughs> who had told me, don't lose the key, because this is the only key we have. That's the way he talked to everybody. I said, oh, no. Well, <clears throat> there was a street light shining. No lights inside the building. And I got to looking around. I couldn't find the key. I felt I couldn't find the key. <laughs> I, I became a little desperate. I decided I'd stick my head through this hole in this door. And I could look around more because I couldn't see very much. <laughs> there, was, there was a glare on the window because of the lights. And I had put my, I looked around. Would you believe I stuck my head in the door, and here's the key. I saw it. So I have to pull my head out now, and I have to reach in and find out where it is. I couldn't get my head out of that door. I am serious with you. How I got my head in so easy, and when I started out, I could not get my head out of that door. And here I was, like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, on my knees, with my head in the door. And all of a sudden I heard this vehicle drive up. And I could just see out of the corner of my eye it was a policeman. I says, oh no. So this policeman, you know, he gets out, closes the door, walks down. Got this Greg Martin walk, you know. <laughs> Greg, I just had to say that. I, I, I just tease him. <clears throat> he walks down real slow. Walks up there. He didn't say a word. Just looking at me. I was stuck. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm stuck. He said, well, that's very obvious that you're stuck. I want to know what you're doing with your head in this door. I said, well, I work here. He said, well, I come down here every morning for a paper. I've never seen you. I said, well, sir, I, I do work here. He said, well, who do you work for? I couldn't remember the man's name. I'm here to tell you I drew a blank. Uh, he said, are you sure you work here? <laughs> I said, I'm sure I work here. He said, what are you doing now with your head? Well, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody where the key was, and I didn't think it was a good idea to tell the policeman that we just hung the key in there. That might not be a good idea. <laughs> I said, well, the boss should arrive any time, and I think he'll explain to you. <laughs> but you know what I did? <clears throat> I worked and worked and worked and worked. And finally, I got so scared because he was just, man, he was making me feel like I was a crook. That all of a sudden, I just yanked my head out. I mean, I just, if you notice my ears every now and then hold out like this, <laughs> it's because I bent them in the door. <clears throat> now, that had nothing to do. I had nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But one thing about this little job was that the employer was just, I mean, I've never in my life seen a grouch like he was. And not only that, I mean, he had no mercy. He had no sympathy. He didn't hardly know your name. And the, it had no benefits. And, you know, it didn't pay much either. And what you did when you went out and collected, you came back and you paid him his share and you kept the rest. It was on a percentage. 
And I don't know why I have always been terrible in trying to collect money. You know, there are people who say, I, I don't have the money. I worked all one month and came in there and had to take money out of my pocket to pay for it. I said, enough is enough. I quit that job, I'm telling you. Every time I see these ads about <laughs> paper routes, I says, oh, my, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it must be better now. But uh, at any rate, work conditions. Do you get along well with your employer? There are other things, too. I worked at Hughes Tool Company, and I went to work there because I had some experience in the engineering department, and I worked like two or three days on the job they hired me for. And would you believe that the company started laying people off? And, of course, they started, it w they started bumping me back, and I ended up in the heat treat department. And I was supposed to be working in an air-conditioned office, and the whole plant was air-conditioned except guess what department? The heat treat department. Because they had these furnaces blasting, and uh, they were bringing out these these parts that we make these drill heads that you drill oil wells with and they put me on a line in which I'm supposed to take these things off and they're hot and you can't hold them in your hand very long they weigh 80 pounds a piece and I'm supposed to handle 4,500 of these per night take them off and put them on a sandblast that runs around and take take the 4,500 off and put them put them in the, these bins and, but but the, the the guy told me, he said, now, now the thing about it is, once you finish the 4,500, if it takes you three hours, I mean, that's all you have to do tonight. Well, I said, oh, you watch what I can do. The problem is that somebody had it figured out. They only come out so fast, and they only go around so fast on this. And you, I'm telling you, when when... 4,500 of those, that's 9,000 of those things, 80 pounds a piece. Man, i tell you what, I was going to Bible school full-time. I got so tired one night that all of a sudden I just felt that I was going, and I ended up in an emergency room. I fainted. They gave me three days off, and would you believe the sick pay was more than I was making? <coughs> I thought, I need to stay sick all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> but this is life for you. And what you do, you shop and see if you can find where you can get the most benefits. But did you know that when you serve God, while things are not always a bed of roses, and there are things about it that you don't like, you know, I, I remind people every now and then that, that come in complaining. I've, I've had people come in who want advice, and I complain about the job they're on, and and some of the complaints are legitimate. A lot of them are just complaints, and some people just want to talk. But I keep reminding people, hey, this is not the Garden of Eden, you know. It's called W-O-R-K for a reason. And, you know, in the Bible, you work six days, and you rested on the seventh day. You know the reason why God had a, a work day? Because you need to bear responsibilities. You know why he had a rest day? Because you do bear those responsibilities. 
And did you know that in, in Christian service, this is also true? That, that, that there this, uh, Let me tell you something. I, 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 maybe most of you don't understand. But when we're talking about old-fashioned Sunday, we're talking about monumental work for a lot of people. And, and it, it started last Sunday night after church when all the chairs were picked up and Brother Andrew Cohn came in and cleaned the whole building. Notice the carpet looks so nice. Like Andrew's in the, in the stewardship class. Just getting things ready. We want everything to just, you know, tents are having to be rented and, and uh, the gift certificates purchased and, you know, just right down the line. Last year to line this group up because they're busy. Uh, that was not an easy thing. Work, 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 work. Work, 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 work. And, you know, if, if you look at it, it's easy sometimes to just get kind of burned out doing the work of the Lord. See, Brother Brunker out here, I came by just on my way to Iowa, and he was out there fighting with those purple, or those not purple, uh, burgundy uh, shrubs. I don't think we have any purple shrubs. But he was out there fighting with those. Those things have thorns on them. And, man, it was hot. And he was out there, and he was telling me what all he was doing. And all he was perspiring. And, you know, it just, man. Then you come back, and he's been on the mower. And, you know, there's just, there's just all kinds of work that has to be accomplished in the work of the Lord. Week after week after week. Tim and Kim cannot go down to the campus and the faithful campus people are down there taking surveys, knocking on doors, teaching Bible studies, holding classes and such. Sunday school teachers, week after week after week after week after week, preparing, preparing, preparing. And some people, after a while, because they don't have the general makeup, to stay with something, they just all of a sudden just scrap the whole idea and they're just content to come to church and just sit. Now, I know what I'm talking about because that's happened to some of you. Some of you are just perfectly happy just to come and do nothing. I mean, nothing. But I've noticed this, that when responsibilities start diminishing, that is, the person will not bear responsibilities along with it, the joy of a lot of the benefits leave. I want to talk about some of these benefits. I, I, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's turn to Romans 12. This is a chapter that deals with spiritual gifts, but it talks about members. Romans 12, verse 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now that means God has given to every man faith. Now some people allow God's Spirit to be reflected through them more than others. And, 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 and it is... The more you get wrapped up in God and the more you're used of God, the, the, in other words, the more you exercise your faith, the happier you are. You know, if, if in your circulating around you find a, 
a sour pickle every now and then. It's usually someone who's not using their faith. They don't know how to use their faith. All right? For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, everyone members one of another. In other words, we are connected just like the members of our body are connected. You have a fingernail that's connected to the finger and then the various joints and finally the finger to the hand and the hand then at the wrist and then to the forearm. And, and, you, and, and this is what he's saying. And whenever I think of this connection, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is fellowship. It's one of the greatest benefits. Now, first, it's fellowship with God, and we cannot overlook that because it's God that puts us all together. That's what makes this connection. This is the reason why that when we talk about fellowship with God, uh, we don't always say fellowship with God, but we talk about things like prayer. Prayer is what? Fellowshipping with God. It's, com a uh, it's a communion with God, communicating with God, conversing with God. If you ever reach a place that you don't want to pray, can I tell you something? You are backslidden, period. Oh, you may get up after a long, long night, you know, and you may get up and not want to pray that morning, but I'm talking about just just for a period of time, just I just don't want to pray. And after a while, you don't pray. You're just plain backslidden. And if you think that when the trumpet blows, you're going up to meet the Lord in the air to a place, a holy city where people are worshiping and praying eternally, guess what? Got news for you. You ready for it? You ain't going up, period. You may say, Pastor Grant's passing judgment on me. So, <clears throat> I'm your leader. I have to tell you that. I have to tell you that. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. But you see, I think one of the greatest benefits of a Christian is his communion with God. His communion with God. I mean, that he can pray and talk to God. Man, I'm just, I'm just amazed when I look at, at this world and how, you know, everything is so put together. It's so wonderful. I mean, when, when you just think about the human body. Of course, mine's not put together so, so, so well now, but... But, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, just... <laughs> Brother Keith, he's been disjointed, too. He's up here with a pair of crutches. <clears throat> I keep telling him, you cannot play softball anymore. But he keeps playing softball anyway. <clears throat> now he's on crutches. But no, really, when you think about it, you go in for an examination, and the doctor begins to explain everything that happened and why this went wrong, why... I mean, you, you take on a deep, sincere appreciation for the wonderful works of the Lord. While I was in, in Iowa, 
we had uh, a mare down at the ranch that that gave birth to a foal. I, 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 you go out, you cannot believe. Call it a ranch now. Several people have been telling me it's not a farm, Brother Grant. Not a farm. Unless you milk cows and turn sod, it's not a farm. It's a ranch. But at any rate, it's amazing. Three days old, and that thing can just run like lightning. The little wobbly legs would just glide along there. Man, got its own personality. Little thing just, I noticed this morning, he ran out there in the pasture and just had his tail straight up like this when he was running. Held his head up high like, look at me, world, I'm here. You know, and you look at him and say, you mean, and you see, the thing about it is, I'm serving the God. I'm talking to the God that put all this together. And to know that I have communication with Him, not just communication with Him, but to know that He's mindful of me, that He cares about me. He's concerned about me. But you call up someone on the, <laughs> you call up someone on the phone, and you know you can always tell. When, when you hear someone, you walk in someone's house, and I've done this before, just every now and then, especially down south where I came from, you knock on the door and people say, Come in! I never did like that. I, never, I didn't know what to do. I'm not going to get on the door again. I said, Come in! Now that's, that's southern hospitality. You know they're tied up, but they don't want to keep you waiting. So you walk in, there's somebody on the phone. Now, it only takes you just about two seconds to find out if they're talking to a friend I mean, a personal friend, a business person, or perhaps a bill collector. <laughs> you know, it don't take you long because of the tone of the voice and everything. And, you know, it is, it's, it's great to, to, to hear all these beautiful testimonies about what God's doing. You know, sometimes you want to just call up the Lord and say, Hey, what are you up to today, Lord? What you been doing? And you know the reason why that you want to do that? Because you know that God's so mindful of what you're doing. He really is. I mean, He cared about you getting up this morning. He cared about you getting dressed. He cared about you coming out to the house of God. Yesterday, I got back from Iowa, and I just, man, I had just people at the house all day. It was just great. But the only thing is I had this splitting headache. I mean, I just had a headache all day. I just, it was almost to the point at times where I didn't know if I was coming or going. You know, just, wow. But, but for some reason, every time I prayed, I just felt God's hand on me. I mean, I really felt God's hand on me. And then to be able to come in the house of God this morning and worship the Lord. Now, I worship yesterday, but there's something about getting with God's people and and worshiping. And then to be able to read my Bible. Some people they don't even, you know, let me you know what I you know what I say? Listen to this. May sound like I'm judging. May sound like I'm critical. If you don't like your to read your Bible, you know what your problem is? Ha ha, you guessed that. And I didn't even say it. I read your mind. Your best friend Send you a card on your birthday. 
He calls you up six months later. Maybe he's been out of the country. So I'm sorry that I didn't, wasn't able to make your birthday party, but uh, I sent the card and hope you enjoyed it and hope you bought something real nice with the check. And you thought, oh, the card, the check. Well, I'll declare I never did open that up. It wasn't meaningful to you. You know what happens when you get here. I mean, it's your best friend. You get a car. You rip that thing open. You you get go to the mailbox and you just rip it open. Like some of these, you know, your tax return check. You can you can you can you know you know what what it is when you see it. Man, you get it out. The first thing you do just just tear that open. There it is. You may say, well, what's so excited about the Bible? That statement alone is evidence that you really need to get a hold of God and pray through. Now, <clears throat> I said I was going to get you involved, and I've been so involved in telling all these stories. What about fellowship with each other? How important do you think fellowship is with each other? Now, we're going to have service tonight, and then we're going to have this time of fellowship. And I, I made this as an advertisement. I really want to say this. You know, sometimes because we hold God's house in such great uh, respect. And I understand that. But this is a multi-purpose room. And when we dismiss tonight, we're going we're gonna to have, have our auction. We're going to raise money for Old Fashioned Sunday. We're going to have a good time. And I hope that everybody here will just come expecting the time of your life. How about it? Let's do that. We're just going to have a good time. Just go around, shake hands, and praise God. I just love you. really love you. Praise God. You know, that's meaningful. Now, when a person starts losing out with God, you know what happens to that person? That person, usually, the first thing they want to do is break off their fellowship. One of the greatest benefits of Christian living. Really, it's one of the greatest benefits of Christian living. There, there are other things about being a member of the body of Christ that just, it, it just, I mean, great. You probably read in the paper yesterday about the young man who went to his mother's house and then they went down to the police station. He turned himself in. Now, you'd think someone who had shot someone else. That is a young man that's able to stay on the run, that they just stay on the run. I mean, who wants to be, who wants to be caught? Who wants to be put in prison 40 years? That's what they're saying. Waved him from, probably waved from the juvenile court to the adult court. It means 40 years for this shooting. I don't think he killed anyone, but... Nevertheless, that was his, his intent. You read this over and over and over and over. There are some people that can commit a crime like this and stay on the run. But for the most part, this is what you read over and over and over. I'm certainly glad that I can get this over with. I know of no benefit in the house of God 
as being a member of the body of Christ that's greater than to be able to take all your guilt and shame to the altar and release it to God. To be able to walk away free with a clear conscience. I mean, isn't it true that even with the pastor standing up and giving a, a, a little talk, not what you'd call a preaching sermon, but just talking to you from his heart, if I talk about something that you're guilty of, and you understand you are, you may not be hunkering down and looking over the back of the seat, but inside you're doing that. And isn't that a terrible feeling? Don't you like to just square your shoulders and put your neck up real high? That is, if you have a long neck. Feel good about life? Isn't that a great feeling? I mean, it really is. While people walk in darkness and hide their evil deeds. Another thing, we're going to come here to the house of God tonight. We're going to have, one of the, we're going to have a big blast. I don't want to emphasize this above and beyond the service that we're going to have. We're going to have a great apostolic service. We want to baptize people and see people filled with the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday night, Kelly Miller came in here. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Raise your hand, Kelly. I think everybody knows you now. Praise God. Isn't that great? She had her son, Ernest. Ernest, we prayed for him. He went in the hospital this week and had some corrective surgery on his ears. And it's good to see uh, Ernest Sr. here. Good to have you here, Ernest, really. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We want to be right at home and worship God. Oh, my. I'll tell you, and I believe tonight that God will pour out His Holy Spirit, but I further believe that God's going to pour out His Holy Spirit right here today. Right here today. Built up in the souls of men. You hear this, this just flowing out of people. Garbage talk. Being critical. There are times when I hear so much of this, I just want to, I just want to run out of my office and scream. You follow what I'm saying? Well, I know we have conflicts in life, but they're just there are some people that they cannot find one good thing to say about somebody else. But I'll tell you what, Calvary can cure all that. When you forgive men their trespasses, God forgives you your trespasses, and you rid yourself of all this anger and all this hatred. Every now and then you say this must be a miracle that people can love like these people love. You better believe it's a miracle. It's one of the privileges of membership. These annual church picnics, man. You go out there, there's always new people there. People you can meet and talk with. And, I mean, throw a broad on the fire and pull up a chair and watch the smoke and Get yourself a nice pop or a cup of coffee or whatever. and I mean, this is living. And you know the thing about it is, you don't have to worry about a big hangover the next day. 
I just heard someone talking about a hangover. They told about all the beer. And they said, man, I'll tell you what. And they, this is the way they're telling me. Man, I'll tell you what. I went in that restroom while I was playing pool. That was a filthiest place. There's several people already puked in there, and I went in there and I puked and puked and puked. Having a good time, huh? I'm serious. Now, if that wasn't related to alcohol, you'd be down to emergency room. You'd say, oh, God, I'm dying. I'm serious with you. You'd say, hey, I don't care if this is going to be a $300 bill. Lay it on me, baby. Just fix me up. i got to get out of here. I'm about to die. <clears throat> That's the way you... My. And then this person said, and I hang over the next day. Oh, God. I really felt like, you know, if I could get my head amputated. <laughs> but, you know... <clears throat> Separate and apart from all that, the greatest, greatest benefit is the fact that we will be able to be with each other eternally, to be with God eternally, and also be able to go to the holy city. And you know what it means to me to go to the holy city? It means all that, but it also means that you can't be in two places at one time. You've heard people say that, haven't you? Now, you can figure that out, can't you? If you're in a holy city and you can't be in two places at one time, that means you can't be elsewhere. You can't be in hell. I want you to stand with me at this time. Listen to this. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her groom or her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. I've been down some very, very horrible trails with people who have lost loved ones. I went to a funeral one time in which one of the loved ones took it so hard that they had to take him from the church and put him in an ambulance and take him to the hospital. Couldn't take it. His sister that he had loved all of his life and been very close to unexpectedly passed away. You're talking about feeling for a person. I never in my life felt what I felt when I saw this man weeping. Never. It was the, the most horrible thing that I've ever been involved in. I mean, he wept to the point that he passed out. Finally, he was revived, and he got sick and passed out again. Then we thought he was having a heart attack. 
when we call the emergency squad. Because I can't take it. There should be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. It is done. It means God has conquered the curse of the world. And all the struggles and strive, striving and pain and heartache and whatever that this planet Earth inflicts on the individual, it's all over. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. Now see, I'm talking about now our retirement plan. Like the bumper sticker said. Retirement. The retirement plan for Christians is out of this world. I will be his God. He shall be my son. And here's what you escape from, but the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Membership has its privileges. If you get momentarily, momentarily uh, disgruntled, if you get momentarily out of focus. Refocus yourself. Rethink it through. Let me tell you something. It won't get any better if you drop out of, of the body of Christ. It won't. Praise God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and start an experience with God. Right now, if you have a need, right now, if inside of you, you know there is a deficiency, that you're not right with God, you're not ready to go to heaven, maybe you have never been born of water and of spirit, never repented of your sins, this is the time to start a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is step right out, walk down the front to the front, and you can just stand here on this darker area of carpet. We have people that will come and pray with you. We have people that will instruct you. We have people that will help you. I'm here to tell you, you'll be the starting the greatest life, a greater life than you ever expected, anticipated. Come on right now as our praise singers begin to sing. Step right out from where no you are. Come on. really understands like my Jesus. Oh, God. Yes. Come on right now. Really if you choose to kneel when you come, just go ahead and kneel. If you feel you're out of focus spiritually, 
Come on. Refocus your life today. When your heart has been broken for you. Oh, thank you, God. It's so great to see so many people coming. Come on.